Well, here we are again. It's Christmas Eve Eve, <laughs> December 23rd, and this is the Christmas edition of The Jazz Show. And those of you that have uh, stayed with us uh, over the years know pretty well what the jazz feature is going to be. We have lots of other um, Christmas music on the show, and it's not music that you're going to hear in the malls, I guarantee. And uh, we have, of course, besides uh, some Christmas music, we have other uh, non-Christmassy jazz sounds as well throughout the show. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is, of course, The Jazz Show right here on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your trusty computer, www.citr.ca. We're also expecting a visit this evening from none other than Ebenezer Scrooge. He'll be around after the jazz feature. Mm hmm, for sure. So do stay with us. Our jazz feature, as many of you might expect, is this legendary recording session that took place at Rudy Van Gelder's recording studio in Hackensack, New Jersey, with the Miles Davis All-Stars. And it was released on Prestige Records, and it's known now as the Bags Groove Session because that was one of the major uh, pieces of music that this band recorded. This was an all-star band put together um, by Miles Davis, and also the owner of Prestige Records had a little input in this. This recording session was offered to Miles, and of course, um, he was uh, on the verge of uh, a major comeback. Uh, he had uh, conquered his um, addiction to drugs and all that kind of stuff. And 1954 was the um, year of kind of a renewal of uh, Miles Davis's place in jazz. His playing had improved uh, incredibly. Um, his health, of course, uh, was top-notch, and uh, Miles was really asserting his influence on all the trumpet players and, of course, all the other people. Miles Davis has always uh, been an influence on uh, the development of jazz. And so, 54 was a good year, and uh, as I mentioned before, this session took place at the, at the tail end of 1954, on Christmas Eve, and it was offered to Miles, and the idea was to pit uh, or have Miles play with members of the Modern Jazz Quartet, which included, of course, the great Mill Jackson on Vibes, Percy Heath, one of the finest bass players on the planet, Kenny Clark on drums, who was the original drummer with the Modern Jazz Quartet and a true jazz pioneer, and John Lewis on piano, who happened to be Miles Davis's closest friend 
despite the fact that they were, their personalities were very, very different. That's what Miles expected. And so um, that was cool with him. I, he thought that was a great idea because the modern jazz quartet was uh, contracted to prestige records, and as was Miles, and um, that would be good for both of them. So Miles stopped by the Prestige office to talk to Robert Weinstock, Bob Weinstock, the owner of Prestige Records, and uh, negotiate um, uh, contract and finances and all that kind of stuff. And Weinstock threw a curb at him. He said, and Miles said, you know, I'm really pleased to be recording with these guys, you know, especially, uh, uh, you know, Milt and, and, and Percy and, and Kenny. Uh, we're all tight. And, and John, and Weinstock said, uh, 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 Miles, um, the piano player is not going to be John Lewis. Oh, okay, uh, it's going to be Horace Silver then, who was another favorite of Miles. No, the piano player is going to be Thelonious Monk. And Miles threw up his hands and said, no. No, no. And and Weinstock said, why not? You know Monk, you, uh, you guys are good friends, and so on. Miles said, I would prefer to play with either John Lewis or Horace Silver. Monk uh, poses some problems. And so Weinstock <laughs> simply said to Miles, well, it's either Monk or no session. That's it. And Miles says, why, Monk? And, and uh, Weinstock says, well, for one thing, uh, he is under contract to Prestige, and it would be good for him to play with you and members of the Modern Jazz Quartet, Milt, and the rest of the guys. Um, it would give Monk um, better exposure as well. Good for us, good for him, and good for you. And Miles said, I don't see it that way. So what happened was that they sat in silence. Um, Miles just didn't say anything, and they sat staring at each other for about a half an hour, <laughs> neither of them saying anything. And finally Miles said, yeah, okay, uh, I'll do the session. I'll deal with Monk, no problem. And that's basically how this recording, <laughs> famous recording session took place. And, of course, uh, Miles had a, a couple of demands uh, of Monk, and he basically wanted him not to play behind him when he was soloing. And, of course, um, um, th there's a whole myth about this session that they had a big fight about it and all that kind of stuff. Monk was a little miffed, yes. Um, I had a conversation with Percy Heath when he was still alive, and he told me that, yeah, Monk was a little put out about it, but, but he was okay. And, um, um, you know, he's, there was no fight or, or huge argument or anything like that. Um, and, and the session went down beautifully. Everybody just made some of the best music, and, and of course, everybody knows that this session is so, so great and, and immortal. So there was really no major conflict. And um, so that was it. The only tune on the set, and it's the second tune you're going to hear, uh, is a Monk composition called Bemsha Swing. And Monk insisted on backing Miles on his own composition. 
and Miles wanted to play this tune and record this tune, and uh, he really had no choice. He had to say, okay, you can back me on this one. But the other tunes, you won't hear Monk behind Miles Davis. He comes in when Milt Jackson solos, and then, of course, takes his own solos. So that's how it, it, it all went down. The chemistry was wonderful between these guys. And, of course, this music is eternal. Um, no matter how many times you listen to it, you'll, you'll hear something new I- in it. Um, it, it. It never gets old, and that's one of the reasons why I like to play it. Um, it also has, to me, the spirit of Christmas. Now, maybe it's the beautiful incandescent sound of Miles Davis's trumpet or the bell-like quality of Milt Jackson's vibes. I don't know. There is a feel of Christmas on here, even though none of this music is about Christmas, other than the fact that it was recorded on Christmas Eve. And, of course, everybody was happy with the session. They all went, went to their various homes after the session. They, had, they all got together and had, had, had a drink or two after the session and, um, and then departed to their, uh, their individual homes and families and that sort of thing. And everybody was happy with what went down. The records were, were released uh, a few months later, and, and they became legendary. So that's it. That's the session. And the people involved here, Miles Davis, of course, on trumpet, Milt Jackson on vibes, Thelonious Monk on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And we're going to hear the four master takes from this session. This is our traditional jazz show music. And we open, of course, with Milt Jackson's Immortal Blues, Bag's Groove. And the highlight of this, well, everything is beautiful on this tune, but one of the real highlights is the incredible piano solo by Thelonious Monk. Yes, it's been analyzed over the years by musicologists. Um, it's eccentric. It's full of all kinds of uh, space. And it's, it's Monk. <laughs> That's what it is. Monk adds to the spice of this session, really. Um, and uh, the spice and the edge to this recording session. So the first tune, Bag's Groove. Written by Milt Jackson. The second tune is the Thelonious Monk composition, Bemcha Swing. Tune number three is a, one of the great tunes by George and Ira Gershwin and the band's interpretation of The Man I Love. And you'll hear a little bit of, um, you'll hear kind of a false start and a little bit of studio chatter, and then they get into the tune. Tune number three, The Man I Love. The final tune is a composition by Miles Davis, uh, inspired by, um, actually inspired by Bud Powell. And uh, Miles took uh, something that he heard Bud Powell play and turned it into a composition and called it Swing Spring. So that's tune number four. So here then is the famous Bag's Groove recording session. December 24th, 1954. Merry Christmas from Miles, Monk, Milt, Percy, and Kenny. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Our traditional jazz feature. Every show, um, every edition of the jazz show, the closest one to Christmas Day, this is the feature and has been for many, many years. This immortal session, of course, featuring the Miles Davis All-Stars with uh, Mr. Davis on trumpet, Milt Jackson on vibes, Thelonious Monk on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. Of course, the music here is, um, these men were simply playing the way they always played. And uh, they weren't uh, intentionally trying to make a, uh, an iconic uh, recording, just uh, some music to the best of their amazing abilities. And, of course, this music has now become classic in the jazz lexicon. And it's one of those sessions that one can play time and time and time again. Great art doesn't date. And um, the music on here, no matter how often you hear it, you'll hear something different each time. And, of course, it was recorded on Christmas Eve in 1954, and again, uh, and I'll reiterate, I think the spirit of Christmas goes right through this recording session, Um, even though there was nothing intentional about making Christmas music. It just happened that way, and of course, um, 
I believe Christmas Eve perhaps had something to do with it. The sound of Miles' trumpet, um, the sound of Milt Jackson's vibes, and the edginess um, provided by Thelonious Monk's piano, all that stuff. And, of course, the, uh, the pulse of bassist Percy Heath and the amazing and very sensitive jazz drumming of the great Kenny Clark, one of the uh, pioneers of modern jazz in terms of uh, modern jazz drumming. Four tunes we heard. We opened with Milt Jackson's Immortal Blues, Bag's Groove. Of course, Bags is um, Milt Jackson's, or was, Milt Jackson's uh, nickname. And um, uh, I won't go into that whole story, how, how he got that name. Uh, well, <laughs> when he was a young man, he had just come out of the armed forces. And, of course, he uh, headed for 52nd Street, where all the jazz bands were playing in New York City. And, of course, he began to sit in and play and acquaint himself with the musicians. And he never slept. So <laughs> eventually, without uh, the, the benefit of sleep, uh, he developed these uh, bags under his eyes. And somebody gave him the nickname Bags, and it stayed with him for <laughs> his whole life. Um, so that's how he got the name. Anyway, that's, uh, that first tune was written by him, and of course it's a great blues line called Bags Group. The second tune is interesting because this is the only tune where Thelonious Monk accompanies Miles Davis in his solos. And, of course, because it's a Thelonious Monk tune and Miles wanted to use it on this date, uh, Thelonious Monk insisted that he would play behind Miles on his tune. And, of course, he does. That tune was called Bemsha Swing. Tune number three was the standard of the date, and that's the uh, great Gershwin melody, The Man I Love. And the final tune was written by Miles Davis. It's kind of a um, uh, um, foreshadowing Miles' affection with uh, modes, um, which, of course, led to um, uh, the famous kind of blues session. Uh, It kind of foreshadowed that. And the tune, the final tune on the date was uh, Swing Spring. And, of course, then all these men, after the recording session ended about 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve, they all uh, headed to uh, uh, a neighborhood bar to have a taste and then all headed home to celebrate Christmas with their uh, loved ones and family. Miles Davis on trumpet, Milt Jackson on vibes, Thelonious Monk on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And they all wish you, in their own way, a very Merry Christmas. You're listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Or, of course, um, on your trusty computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and this is the Christmas edition of The Jazz Show. And uh, we'll be back right after these uh, important messages, beginning with this one. Come in, Grey Badger, begin your report, ever. Come in, Grey Badger, begin your report, ever. Come in, Grey Badger, begin your report, ever. 
On Friday, January 17th, CITR 101.9 FM presents our annual 24 hours of radio art programming. We don't go too far. None of us will go too far. Maybe sometimes we went too far, but now we won't because we're real nice guys. It's a full day of spoken word, drone, field recordings, sound collage, thunderphonics, robocalls, voicemail fails, sound art, and noise. CITR's 24 Hours of Radio Art, January 17th. Listen live or online at citr.ca. Join us Friday, January 10th at the Astoria for Blonde Diamond's 4AM Eternal single and music video release show. Also featuring Phono Pony and Devours. Presented by Happy Hour. Tickets on sale now at showpass.com and at the door. holiday week. Uh, tonight, cloudy with a uh, 40% chance of a shower. Um, a little bit windy, low down to a nice cool three. Then tomorrow, Christmas Eve, uh, is going to be cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower again, and uh, a little bit windy throughout the day with a low four and a high of six. And then on Christmas Day, cloudy with only a 40% chance of a shower. Yes, a shower. Um, I don't think uh, we're going to see in this part of the world anything close to a white Christmas. In other words, the snow will be up on the mountains the way everybody here likes it. So Wednesday, Christmas Day, 40% chance of a shower with a low of three and a high of six. Then Thursday, Boxing Day, a mix of sun and cloud. Looks to be a fairly pleasant day. A little cool in the evening, down to minus 2, and then up to plus 4. And on Friday is cloudy, once again, with a 60% chance of a shower, a low of minus 1, and a high of 4. And then on Saturday, um, warming up a little bit, but still cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower for Saturday and Sunday. Um, lows between... Uh, plus one and plus two and highs up to about seven for Saturday and Sunday. So that's uh, that's the picture for uh, a very important week for uh, a lot of people. 
And, of course, um, all those people that are celebrating, I, I really uh, do wish you uh, a very sincere um, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, and uh, Happy Kwanzaa, and however else you celebrate uh, the holiday season. It is the holiday season, and just have a ball, and uh, be good to yourselves, be good to your neighbors, and uh, just just be good. <laughs> That's it. Yes. All right. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. We're going to continue with uh, some Christmas music, and we're going to take you back to early Christmas morning in 1948, New York City to the Royal Roost. And we're going to hear the... uh, sound of one of the great jazz DJs, Symphony Sid Torren, and he's going to um, request, um, because the band that was playing at the Royal Roost was uh, the great Charlie Parker and his working quintet, and um, we're going to hear Symphony Sid ask Charlie Parker to put together a little something for Christmas. And, of course, uh, immediately, jazz musicians know how to think on their feet. And uh, this was an instant arrangement of a very famous tune by Irving Berlin. And, of course, it's White Christmas. And we're going to hear Charlie Parker on alto saxophone, the great Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums. And, of course, they're going to do this tune this version of White Christmas that they just kind of made up the little arrangement on the spot. And um, then we're going to follow that with uh, John Coltrane on soprano saxophone with his classic quartet, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, Elvin Jones on drums, and we're going to hear Green Sleeves. And then we're going to follow with, um, well, we heard a lot of Milt Jackson on the uh, Um, jazz feature, but this is uh, Milt Jackson with the Modern Jazz Quartet and the Stuttgart Symphony Orchestra playing one of my favorite Christmas carols, and that's God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And that's a tune, um, a melody that goes way back to ancient times. And um, what a um, lovely interpretation with uh, the Modern Jazz Quartet with Milt Jackson um, on vibes, John Lewis on piano, Percy Heath once again on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. And we're going to hear England's Carol. And after that, that's what it's called, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. The other uh, title for that is England's Carol. And after that, we're going to have a big surprise. And you might know what this is after we hear England's Carol. You might not. But whatever it is, it will be a surprise. So here then we begin our Christmas Odyssey with Charlie Parker at the Royal Roost. 
doing White Christmas. You know, somebody called a little while ago when they called uh, at the studio and they said, uh, I wonder if you can get Bird to do something on Christmas. Well, it's fitting. This is Christmas uh, morning. And the Bird's got a little arrangement, a little surprise for you on White Christmas.
That's me, I'm Scrooge, and I got all my knowledge, Bolly, and I'm the baddest cat in all this world. 
I've been studying all my life how to scrooge people, and I guarantee you I've done some fine work in that direction. Cratchit! Yes, sir? You busy? I surely is, sir. See that you keep busy. There ain't no dangling wanging around here. Keep everybody tight and tell them two cats come in here want to get some money. I ain't giving no money away. They're messing with Scrooge. I'm taking it in. I ain't putting it out. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Well, keep it clear. People come around here wanting my gold. It's all trying to pry into my vault. Every time I turn around, somebody's trying to snap. Tell my nephew I don't want to have no dinner with him. And if he never comes in here again, that'll be too soon. I'll tell the cat, see that you do. I understand these people who after my gold. I close up this here place and they, uh, what, what? Yeah, let me tell you something else. You think that you're going to get off Christmas Day? Well, I was hoping, sir, that you'd let me knock off just a little while for Christmas Eve because I want to go home and cool the goose. Well, if you're going to get off Christmas Eve, you're going to have to work all day Christmas. You hear me? I hear you, sir. I'm with it. Well, I guess they're going on home here. So Scrooge takes off and he cuts on down the street and the snow is blowing and the wind is whoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-
suddenly do. And he got on the ghost's wing. They took off. And he's flying old spooks over the top of the mountain. The wind is blowing. And the wind is popping his wake. And he's looking down and seeing all these crazy scenes going on. Zoom. He goes for a few more miles and whoosh, takes him down to a sunlit pasture. And the sunlit pasture is full of children. And they're singing and dancing and loving and going and swinging. And, and Scrooge said, hey, Scrooge said, look, 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 that, that's me down there. Yeah, that's you. That's you. He said, I look pretty good. Now. Yeah, but you don't look good now. He said, I want to hear you. You got to get yourself straight. Something terrible going to happen. You zoom. He takes him over to another place and he shows him a pretty little chick. Got dimples, three dimples on each chin. And she got three little dimple children and the next little dimple on the way. And there's a real swinging cat around there. And it's a happy time place. Looks like 17 carnivals taking off. And Scrooge, look at this chick. He said, I remember that chick. I could have married her one time. Spook said, Yeah, you could if you wasn't so tight in your purse. Y'all thinking about yourself, that's what happened. He said, let me hip you further, Mr. Scrooge. Let me tell you one thing. You could have got everything straight if you wanted, and you better straighten up. Scrooge said, take me home. The ghost said, I will. <laughs> Boom, and he's home again. He said, oh, man, that was a shaker. He said, I don't know what's jumping off here, but he said, this whole thing, this whole thing is shaking me up pretty bad. He said, I'm going to tell you right now. I said, I don't know. <laughs> here comes another big spook. Ooh, he's a wild-looking spook. He's a crazy-looking spook. He's a fire-out spook. He's a gaslight spook. He's got a gaslight right on the top of his wig, going around like one of them automatic pilot lights in the lighthouse. And he's in gassing up the whole scene. He said, come with me. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. And Scrooge look around and see the joint is loaded with apples and bananas and, and oranges and, and credilies and aquavots and ripper lips and all kinds of crazy wild grapes and crazy Christmas scenes and nuts and, and candy. And he said, come with me. He done took off again. He said, I'm the ghost of the Christmas present. He said, I'm going to show you what's going on in this world and how the people dig Christmas and how to all enjoy. And he took them home to a little old outcast island and there said, on a small beat-up rock with two studs chomping up on a can of beans singing, Merry Christmas with you, Merry Christmas with you, Merry Christmas to the whole world and so on and so forth. And he showed them the people jumping for joy here and he showed the cats it ain't got nothing, got something anyway. And they all jumping for joy singing, Merry Christmas and the bells is ringing. He said, now you get yourself straight and see how things is jumping. Come with me. So they fly over to Cratchit's place and there's little old tiny Tim. He's singing over the quarter crochet and a little crazy scene on his crutch fiddling around, you know what I mean? And can on see and they're all talking about Look at this here goose. And they look down at the little goose about, about the size of a beat-up retarded sparrow. And everybody's oohing and on all over this goose. And they're saying, when we going to spread it? And so on. And Tiny Tim say, God bless everyone, even up and including old Scroogey Scrooge. God bless everyone. That's what Tiny Tim say. And old Scrooge got wet eyes. Uh -huh. Took him back again. Pow! Wow! whole side of the building up, boom, and come a long angular spook, look like 17 gas lighters, stove packs hung together with jingle jangle bells all over. Spook takes a look at this cat and says, do I have to go with you? He say, you suddenly do, because I'm the ghost of Christmas future. He say, come with me. He say, where are we going? to say, none of your business. <laughs> he takes old Scrooge and they cut off all the flying, and they're flying around the moonlight, the shining down, son. boom, they're in a graveyard. Ooh, a wild, ooh, crazy spooky graveyard. And old Scrooge is walking around, and finally something steps out at him like he was stuck in the force of his eyes with some sort of an electronic pitchfork, and he reads on a, one of them billboards in that graveyard and say, this is Scrooge, the baddest cat that ever lived. He ain't had nothing, he won't have nothing, and he ain't got nothing now. Period. And Scrooge looking at his old name, Scrooge, what's wrong? And the man, he said, well, come with me. They go over to another place, and he goes, you going to the funeral? Say, not me, man. I wouldn't go near that cat, dead or alive. <laughs> they couldn't pay me. Get near that cat. Say, what cat is that? And suddenly comes comes Scrooge to take him to the coffin factory, and they see all these coffins laying around, and he wasn't coughing. All of us got flowers around this poor little coffin. He got nothing on it but just some pine wood bowl. And old Scrooge look up the coffin and look at this and that, but he's afraid to look all the way for he knows who is in that coffin. So zoom, he swings on back again and the ghost puts him down and old Scrooge is shaking and shivering and he finally falls into a real wild, crazy, miser's coma. 
and he falls out for how long he don't know when he wakes up in the morning oh the sun was shining on the glorious snow and old Scrooge is feeling so groovy and so wild and he tick 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 tiptoes over to when he up with it when he see little cat and say hey boy I said yes sir he said you know that great big giant king-sized bird down in Doodley's window he said you mean the prize bird no I say I mean that big great big king-sized bird he said go get that bird he's a 20 he knocks a 20 on him he said go get that bird and here's 10 more for a cat and here's five dollars for your sister and here's 2250 for your uncle's new bicycle and he said tell anybody wants anything see Scrooge he said I'm flying this here Christmas he said I want to see Cratchit swing out with a great big swing and happy dinner he said I'm with it all the way and old Scrooge gets dressed and he's walking down the street and ding dong ding dong ding dong the bells is ringing Scrooge got a big smile on his face and people that he's seen for 20 years never said no say good morning Mr. Scrooge he said what you say baby and he can on and can on he's happy as the day is long and he finally fell into old Bob Cratchit's place and he's got Christmas toys and Christmas jars and Christmas presents for everybody and they just open the goose and little Tiny Tim see him come and he say God bless Mr. Scrooge he done did the turnabout he's the Lord's boy today and that's the story of Scrooge you can get with it if you want to there's only one way straight to the road of love
We just heard the great Bill Evans at the piano doing Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And of course, before that, a regular feature every Christmas show on the JS show, a visit from Lord Buckley and all his many voices doing the story of Scrooge as only Lord Buckley could do it. Richard Lord Buckley, one of the great voices. And uh, it's really, I I guess, um, what he did in his lifetime, rather short lifetime, he died um, back in the late 50s. And uh, Lord Buckley... um, was it's really hard to sort of say well he was a comedian he 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 was sort of more than that he had a lot to um he was a storyteller and and he told his stories about uh, society and life and all this kind of stuff in in his own way and of course he had uh, some real specialties um including the story of Scrooge and it was perfect for him to do um, that. And of course, uh, he did all the voices. So we heard Lord Buckley, the great late Richard Lord Buckley. And before that, we heard John Coltrane on soprano saxophone with the classic quartet, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, Elvin Jones on drums, and doing the traditional tune, Green Sleeves. And we opened that Christmas set by going back to the Royal Roost. Early morning, Christmas morning, December 25th, 1948, the Charlie Parker Quintet, as introduced by the famous DJ Symphony Sid. And we heard Charlie Parker, along with, uh, on alto saxophone, of course, leading the band, uh, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums. Charlie Parker's working quintet, we heard the bird play white Christmas, written by Irving Berlin. Now, we'll play some more Christmas music a little later on in the show, but meanwhile, I'd like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show, our last uh, edition of The Jazz Show before Christmas, and of course, this is our Christmas show. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course, we're broadcasting from CITR FM 101.9 on your FM dial, or if you're using your computer, www.citr.ca. And of course, there's um, lots of activity going on in Vancouver over the holidays. Um, my good friend Michael Zilber is coming up from San Francisco to play at Frankie's uh, Jazz Club. Um, and he is doing, he's playing with some very, very prominent musicians. And of course, Mike Zilber is uh, one hell of a tenor saxophonist and soprano saxophonist, uh, a great musician, great guy as well. His dad um, encouraged uh, Mike to get into music. His dad was a very famous teacher uh, out here at uh, UBC, Jacob Zilber. And um, Michael is his son. And, uh, 
Jacob was uh, turned out to be. He's long since passed, but uh, is very proud of his son's accomplishments. And Michael moved to San Francisco many years ago, and he's uh, established his career down there as a teacher, as a player, and so on. He'll be playing at Frankie's. Um, you can go on to the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, which is coastaljazz.ca, and uh, check out the exact schedule at uh, Frankie's. Um, it's very easy to uh, access on that site. Uh, you can book a table. You can do all that stuff. And uh, be sure to get down and catch um, Mike Zilber. He's doing um, a, a great service to the music, and he's really worth hearing. He'll be there, um, I do believe, on the 27th. Uh, the club is closed, of course, for the um, uh, Christmas holidays, for uh, Christmas Day and, and Boxing Day, but it will reopen on the uh, on the 27th. Check the schedule, which is, of course, coastaljazz.ca, and that's, uh, that's the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society's website. That's a very comprehensive website, a good one to go on to, um, and you'll find out all so much stuff that's going on in Vancouver, including uh, Coastal Jazz's own productions, which they do throughout the year. And, of course, they produce the big jazz festival every year. So all of that is on that particular site. Another fine uh, site, is, of course, is uh, VancouverJazz.com. And uh, that's put together by my old friend Brian Nation, VancouverJazz.com and CoastalJazz.ca. And Pat's Pub, every Saturday afternoon, is a good place to go. From 3 to 7, they have some very, very fine jazz there. Every Saturday afternoon at Pat's Pub at the uh, historic Patricia Hotel in the downtown east side of Vancouver. And um, one thing about the Pat's Pub jazz on Saturday afternoon, that's never a cover charge. So uh, if, you're, if there's not too much jingle in your pocket, um, everybody's a little broke <laughs> around this time of year. Uh, it's a great place to go and hear some very inspiring music by some of our finest musicians. Pat's Pub from 3 to 7 every Saturday afternoon. We're going to pay tribute to a great musician, um, an amazing musician who had an amazing life. He was born this day, December 23, 1933, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and as a young man, moved to um, the Bay Area, um, uh, moved to Los Angeles, um, and his dad was a, a, a very fine musician, Stanley Morgan. Now, I'm talking about his son, Frank, and Frank was uh, inspired by the music of Charlie Parker. Unfortunately, he was also, as a young man, uh, he was one of the most promising musicians to uh, emerge on the uh, jazz scene in Los Angeles. Very, very talented master of the alto saxophone. And uh, unfortunately, he not only was influenced by Charlie Parker stylistically, unfortunately, he, as a young man, he copied uh, Charlie Parker's lifestyle and um, ended up uh, spending many, many, many years behind bars uh, for drug offenses. And uh, it was a very, very sad story. Until he emerged in 1985, 
and clean and sober and began recording again and um, really resuscitated his whole career because people had thought, um, even the jazz magazines were saying, well, you know, Frank Morgan's deceased. Uh, we haven't heard about him for years and all this kind of stuff. Um, anyway, he came back and recorded some marvelous albums and reestablished himself as being one of the premier voices of the alto saxophone. He came here um, during the time when Corey Weeds had his great jazz club out on West Broadway. And Corey brought uh, Frank in, and it was a very inspiring um, weekend uh, hearing Frank Morgan. And uh, I remember being there and spending a lot of time with Frank because I knew Frank's dad and um, uh, Stanley. And, of course, um, kind of established a, a nice repartee between uh, Frank and, uh, and yours truly. So I really enjoyed uh, being there, and I went there um, for the uh, each night to hear uh, Frank uh, do his thing. So we're going to pay tribute to Frank. He, uh, unfortunately, he um, had a stroke and uh, passed away uh, in 2007. He was 73 years old, and he died December 14, 2007 in his hometown of Minneapolis. Anyway, uh, this is one of his first recordings that he made with the McCoy-Tyner Trio, with McCoy-Tyner at the piano, Avery Sharp on bass, and the great Louis Hayes on drums. And we're going to hear a couple of tunes from this album. It's called Simply Major Changes, and uh, it was recorded in 1987, two years after... Uh, Frank uh, was released from prison from the, for the last time. And um, the first tune we're going to hear is a composition by Miles Davis. And, of course, it's his famous tune called So What? We're going to hear that. And then we're going to hear a beautiful composition by McCoy Tyner, very famous thing. And uh, it's also a nice piece of music for Christmas time. And it's called Search for Peace. So we begin with... So what? And followed by Search for Peace. Frank Morgan on alto saxophone, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Avery Sharp on bass, Louis Hayes on drums.
We heard three tunes with the passionate-sounding, keening alto saxophone work of the late, great Frank Morgan, who was born on this day in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in 1933. And, of course, he had quite a life. Um, I went into that uh, earlier on. He uh, emerged in the mid-'80s after... uh, uh, various times in in uh, prisons and so on due to uh, uh, drug addiction, and came back and uh, forged a brand new career, and continued uh, despite uh, being felled by a, a stroke, which he recovered from. Uh, managed to continue to live until the age of 73, and he passed away December 14, 2007. This uh, album with the McCoy-Tyner Trio was recorded in 1987, about two years after he'd been his final release from, uh, from uh, prison. And, uh, of course, he's sounding just in- incredible. Uh, Frank Morgan was always um, an incredible musician, even from his uh, young days as a teenage sensation in Los Angeles. And uh, we heard him here with uh, McCoy-Tyner, uh, at the piano, Avery Sharp on bass and the great Lewis Hayes on drums. And we heard three tunes from this session called Major Changes. And we opened with uh, Frank uh, getting pretty adventurous on uh, Miles Davis's composition, So What? And uh, then we heard um, a lovely version of McCoy Tyner's Search for Peace. And the final tune... Uh, a little more gentle side of Frank on uh, the final tune, which was, of course, written by Johnny Mandel. Beautiful melody entitled Emily. Frank Morgan. Our next birthday tribute is another person who had a rather troubled life. Um, There's been movies made of him, and we all know the the story. We won't get into any any of the details with Chet Baker's life. Chet lived for two things. He lived to make music and he lived to get high and have a good time. <laughs> That's basically, but he was also in his own way, despite his um, really uh, I guess, degenerative lifestyle. Um, He also turned out to have a lot of very responsible um, qualities. He was very devoted to his family, his children, um, and and did what he could despite his own um, lacks as as a human being. And uh, really was, uh, there was a lot more to Chet than just being uh, kind of a degenerate musician. But the thing about Chet Baker was that he was immensely talented, and uh, he, he, he was gifted. And interestingly enough, we're going to go back to one of his, uh, one of my favorite recordings with Chet. It's called Chet Baker in New York. Uh, he had spent, of course, his formative years on the West Coast playing with uh, uh, this historic uh, Jerry Mulligan quartet. Then Chet, after that, Chet formed his own band uh, and uh, was recording prolifically. And he decided to um, 
make the move to New York City. And he was uh, under contract to Pacific Jazz Records, and uh, Richard Bach, uh, the owner of Pacific Jazz, kind of had enough of, of Chet. Um, by that time, he was, of course, um, into his lifestyle. And um, Richard wanted to uh, uh, relieve himself from uh, the recording responsibilities to Chet. So he he kind of sold Chet to Oren Keepnews, who ran Riverside Records in New York. And uh, Keepnews took over Chet's uh, contract. And uh, unfortunately, Keepnews did not like Chet Baker in any way. <laughs> and uh, However, uh, he did manage to make some really fine records for the Riverside label. And I remember chatting with Oren about this particular date, and he said, you know, he said, I guess you know it's kind of common knowledge that I didn't like Baker at all. Uh, I didn't trust him. I didn't like his personality. He was a sneak, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And he said, what I wanted to do was put him uh, on, on a record with some incredible musicians that would just bury him. But he said, much to my surprise, Baker was a far better player than I gave him credit for because he sounded great on this record. And he said, I think it's the best thing that he did for me. <laughs> so that was the way Oren put it um, to, in an old phone conversation I had with him. So this album called Chet Baker in New York is, has always been one of my favorites. We're going to hear three tunes from here. Chet Baker uh, was uh, put in the studio with none other than Johnny Griffin, one of the most powerhouse tenor saxophonists, uh, Al Haig on piano, who was a good friend of Baker's, uh, Paul Chambers on bass, and another good friend of Baker's was drummer Philly Joe Jones. They had a lot in common, if you know what I mean. And uh, uh, it's an incredible quintet, and Baker acquits himself marvelously on this. So we're going to hear three tunes from this album with the uh, with the quintet that I mentioned. Uh, the first one is written by the great Benny Golson. It's called Fair Weather. And uh, tune number two is one that I is my favorite uh, of, uh, of the three tunes with the quintet. This one is written by a Philadelphia composer named Owen Marshall. It's an intriguing tune called Hotel 49. And the final tune is one by another tune by the great Benny Golson called Blue Thoughts. So here then, Chet Baker in New York. Chet Baker on trumpet, Johnny Griffin, tenor saxophone, Al Haig on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. Our tribute to Chet Baker, who was born in Yale, Oklahoma, on this day, 1929, passed away in Amsterdam, in Holland, May 13, 1988. He was 58 years old.
As our tribute to trumpeter Chet Baker, one of my favorite albums by Baker, was this one, and we delved into it. It's called Chet Baker in New York, and it was recorded for Riverside Records when uh, Chet moved to New York uh, in September of 1958. And he's performing here with a hand-picked quintet with Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone, the great Al Haig on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and, of course, my favorite drummer, Philly Joe Jones. Philly Joe and Chet were very tight. <laughs> and uh, the tunes we heard, all challenging uh, pieces of, uh, of music. The first tune was written by the great Benny Golson, entitled Fair Weather. And my favorite tune was tune number two, written by uh, a more obscure composer from Philadelphia named Owen Marshall. And he wrote that tune called Hotel 49. And the final tune, settling everything down to a, a very um, wistful piece of music by Benny Golson, very pretty thing called Blue Thoughts. So those three tracks from this album, Chet Baker in New York, are a small tribute to Chesney Henry Baker, born in Yale, Oklahoma, this day, December 23, 1929, and passed away at age 58 in Amsterdam, May 13, 1988. And, of course, Chet was a marvelous singer as well and uh, uh, was an incredible um, musician, gifted, and um, never, ever played a bad note. Chet Baker. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. We're going to uh, proceed with a piece of music, a fairly complex piece of music, by Charles Mingus in the Jazz Workshop, recorded in March of 1957 with one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite editions of Mingus's Jazz Workshop. And this one featured Jimmy Nepper on trombone and on alto saxophone, Shafi Hadi, whose birth name was Curtis Porter. He was from Philadelphia. Curtis uh, left us in 1976, and um, a forgotten musician, really, who, who recorded most of his uh, output with, uh, with Charles Mingus, but he was a very, very impressive um, alto and tenor saxophonist. I've always loved his work. On piano, a wonderful musician who left us uh, far too soon, Wade Legg on piano. Charles Mingus on bass, of course, and his right-hand man, the great Danny Richmond on drums. And this is a piece of music that uh, Mingus wrote. It's called Passions of a Woman Loved. And it's one of uh, Charles Mingus's more obscure pieces of music. And I hope you enjoy it.
All right. Charles Mingus and the Jazz Workshop, as they sounded March 12th, 1957, one of the great editions of the Jazz Workshop, with Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Shafi Hadi, a.k.a. Curtis Porter on alto saxophone, Wade Legg on piano, Charles Mingus on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. And that was Mingus's composition entitled Passions of a Woman Loved. And uh, as I mentioned before, this is a, a lesser-known uh, item from this uh, band. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, excursion into the mind and music of Charles Mingus. We're going to return now to... Uh, some Christmas music to uh, close the show. And we're going to begin with this piece of music with the incredible Rasan Roland Kirk playing all of his horns, sometimes all of them at once, with Hank Jones at the piano, Wendell Marshall on bass, and Charlie Persip on drums. And we are going to hear We Three Kings. You know that one? We Three Kings of Orient are, etc., etc. Roland retitles that and calls it We Free Kings, referring to all of his uh, horns that he's going to put in his mouth and blow on this uh, particular piece of music. And we're going to follow that with the great Gene Ammons, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone, Winton Kelly on piano, George DeVivier on bass, Rudy Collins on drums, and he's going to do Mel Torme's beautiful song. Most of us know it as Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. The actual title of the tune is simply The Christmas Song. And we'll follow that with something else. So here then, first of all, is Rasan Roland Kirk.
two pieces of Christmas music. We just heard the great Gene Ammons, one of the foremost voices of the tenor saxophone, playing the Christmas song written by Mel Torme and accompanied by Wynton Kelly on piano, George DeVivier on bass, and Rudy Collins on drums. And before that, we heard We Free Kings with Roland Kirk playing flute and uh, his uh, saxophone arsenal, Rasan Roland Kirk, I should say, and Hank Jones on piano, Wendell Marshall on bass, and Charlie Persip on drums. We Free Kings. And the Christmas song. And we're going to continue with a couple of resident musicians. One sadly deceased, bassist Chris Nelson. And uh, a beloved musician here in Vancouver. He passed away. He was only 50. And a wonderful bass player and human being. Chris Nelson was just, um, yeah, what can I say? On piano, one of my favorite resident piano players, and that's Chris Sigerson. And this is from an album called A Chris, Chris, Christmas. We're going to hear O Tannenbaum, of course, which is um, O Christmas Tree. And uh, that's a traditional song. Then Christmas Time is Here, written by, of course, the great Vince Guaraldi. And their version of Santa Claus is coming to town. So here then, Chris Sigurdsson on piano, Chris Nelson on bass, and O. Tannenbaum. Thank you. 
Three pieces by resident pianist Chris Sigerson and the late bassist Chris Nelson. And that's from a wonderful album that they put out a couple of years ago called A Chris Chris Christmas. And we heard three tunes from that uh, delightful album. Uh, we opened with O Tannenbaum, O Christmas Tree. And then Christmas Time is Here, written by Vince Guaraldi. And, of course, finally, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. We've got uh, a couple more quick ones for you. And we're going to say good night and, of course, wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Um, we're going to hear and make a return to uh, Chet Baker in Happier Times, and he's going to do his delightful version with his working quartet. This was recorded uh, in the mid-50s, 
and um, Baker on trumpet, of course, Russ Freeman on piano, Joe Mondragon on bass, and the great Shelley Mann on drums. And we're going to hear Winter Wonderland. Well, we're not really going to get a winter wonderland here, but up in the mountains, yeah, it's going to be uh, great. I know a lot of people that are uh, uh, looking forward to uh, a really healthy ski season. And uh, we're going to end with uh, an old familiar piece by the Modern Jazz Quartet and a wonderful version of my favorite carol, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen otherwise known as England's Carol, with uh, Milt Jackson on vibes, John Lewis on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. But first, Chet Baker and Winter Wonderland. Thank you. 
And so be it. That, of course, uh, was the modern jazz quartet doing their version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen with uh, Milt Jackson on vibes, John Lewis on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. And before that, Chet Baker playing Winter Wonderland. And we heard Chet on trumpet with Russ Freeman on piano, Joe Mondragon on bass, and Shelley Mann on drums. And that's it for the Christmas edition of The Jazz Show. And, of course, as I mentioned before, I'd like to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Hanukkah, a very joyous Kwanzaa, and any other (laughs) celebration um, you're going to celebrate this holiday season. And just uh, be kind to one another and uh, have a great time. And uh, just... Continue being wonderful human beings out there. Thank you very much for listening to The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're here, of course, at radio station CITR FM 101.9, or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we shall see you next week for our final show, on December 30th, next Monday evening. Final show for 2019 before we head into a new decade. So take care and enjoy yourselves and stay safe. Bye-bye. Ha 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 ha!